Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Wonderful. Bow down your heads and let us pray. We are grateful to you, Father, this morning. Yes. And we are delighted to be here again. Thank you for this company of believers who have gathered not unto any man, but have gathered unto you. We keep coming Sunday after Sunday because we find the words of life in you. And this morning we pray, oh God, that what you've done in times past, you will do once again. Amen. We don't take these times for granted. And we know that each experience in your presence can lead to a great transformation in our lives. And I pray, Father, this morning that you will touch everyone who is here today. Touch them, Father. Show them your glory. Show them your power. Show them your grace. Show them your mercy. Shower your favor upon them in the name of Jesus. May we know you, Jesus, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in your sufferings. Thank you, Father, for the transforming effect of your word. And thank you that your word will restore us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. And let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Clap your hands unto Bo the Lord. Some, bon some. And tell your neighbor something good is coming your way this morning. Tell another person you'll be blessed because you came. And your life will not be the same. Give Jesus another hand clap. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Turn your Bibles with me, please, to Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 2. And we're reading from verse 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to verse 47. And I am reading from the New Living Translation. Thank you, Jesus. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Hello? Hello? And to fellowship. And to sharing in meals. 
including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. And this morning, I want to share with you a message I have titled, the role of commitment in a blessed church. The role of commitment in a blessed church. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's very possible that for the next couple of weeks, I will be staying with the theme on commitments. And as we go along, you will understand what it is all about. Now, the scripture that we read is a scripture that I'm sure you are very familiar with. And the reason is we've prayed on this scripture many times before during our prayer rendezvous. Now this scripture is describing the early church. And this was the church that began or commenced on the day of Pentecost. This is a church that began technically on the day of Pentecost. Now, I am convinced that this church is a model that all churches should be fashioned after. Because it is the model of a blessed church. Everybody say a blessed church. 
Now, when we say that something is blessed, it, it means that it is endowed with cherished things or good attributes. So when we say that somebody is blessed, it means that the person is doing well. When you are blessed, it means you have flourished. When you are blessed, it means you are enjoying well-being. That things are going well for you. When you are blessed, it means that your life is characterized by health, by prosperity, and by a lot of good things. May I declare to somebody this morning Jesus. that God's agenda concerning your life is that you will be blessed. Amen. And I am confident in my spirit that God will bring you to a place of blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't just relate blessing to having a fat bank account. It includes that. And to be blessed is not just about having money. There is more to it than that. When you are blessed, you enjoy good health. When you are blessed, you are happy. When you are blessed, you have prospered. That's what it means to be blessed. May these words be used to describe you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lift up your hand and say, I am blessed. God says I am blessed. The word of God says I am blessed. I believe it with all my heart. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Everything I touch will be blessed. Everything I do will go well. God is taking frustration out of my life. God is taking sadness out of my life. God is taking discouragement out of my life. I am entering a season of blessing in the name of Jesus. Let a believer clap his or her hands and Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, this early church we read about was a blessed church. How do I know that it was a blessed church? I can glean this from the scripture we read. And I see things mentioned in this passage of scripture that describe blessings. And so the early church was a blessed church because of the following things. Number one, the presence of God was in the church. Look at verse 43 of Acts chapter 2. The early church was a blessed church because the presence of God was in the church. The Bible says a deep sense of awe came over them all. 
Why did they have a deep sense of awe? Because the presence of God was in the church. When the presence of God is around, you sense it. You feel it. Especially if you are spiritual. And if you are tuned into the heavenly channel. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is a sense of awe. And in that early church, the Bible says a deep sense of awe came over them all. And it is because the presence of the Lord was in that church. The early church was a blessed church because the power of God was at work in the church. In the second part of verse 43, it says, And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. That means that the power of God to do miracles was present in that church. A miracle is when God intervenes in a situation and that's something that from a natural point of view, you cannot do for yourself. And in a blessed church, God does things for the people in the church that they cannot do for themselves. And in a blessed church, the power of God is at work. The power to transform lives. The power to save souls. The power to restore people. The power to heal. The power to deliver. And as I'm ministering the word of God right now, the power of God is at work in your Because it says he sent forth his word to heal them and to deliver them from their destruction. By the power that is in the name of Jesus and by the power that is in the name of Jesus and by the power that is in the word of Jesus I declare that sicknesses are being healed right now I declare that demonic problems are being eradicated right now in the name of Jesus shall I receive it three times receive it two I receive it three I receive it hallelujah so the power of God was at work in the church which is why we can confidently say that the early church was a blessed church. The third reason why I am declaring to you that the early church was a blessed church is because there was love, brotherly care, and kindness in the church. There was love, brotherly care, and kindness in the church. It's one of the characteristics of a blessed church. A church that is blessed, you will find love in that church. A church that is blessed, there will be brotherly care in that church. A church that is blessed, there will be a lot of kindness in the church. And in the early church, there was a lot of love. There was a lot of brotherly care. There was a lot of kindness. Verse 44 and 45. 
It says, and all the believers met together in one place. And shared everything they had. Verse 45. They worship. They sold their. Which verse is this? 45. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Ladies and gentlemen, human beings are intrinsically selfish. And human beings by default are self-centered. For people to sell what they have so that somebody will get some to chop. It is is not normal human behavior. How many agree with me? Something must have been moving them. That you come to church and you realize that, you know, your brother doesn't have clothes to wear. He doesn't have money to take care of his family. And then you decide that the money that you have, you are giving it out so that your brother will be okay. And even if you don't have the money, you have a blender in your wardrobe or some lace cloth in your wardrobe. You are going to sell it so that the money can be used to take care of those in need. I've been around for some time. And I'm saying to you that normal human beings do not behave in that way. We, we are used to getting all we can and canning all we get. Something higher and something superior must drive you to be able to show such kindness to others. And in the early church, there was a lot of love. They genuinely cared about each other. They were kind to one another. They sold their property, sold their possessions, and shared the money with those in Only love can make people do this. And the early church was a blessed church because there was a lot of love in that church. Hallelujah. Amen. The next characteristic of a blessed church or the next reason why I believe that the early church was a blessed church was because it was a united church. It was a united church. Unity is a sign of blessing. Hallelujah. Where there's unity, there is strength. And strength is a blessing. Now look at verse 46 of Acts chapter 2. From the King James Version. It says, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. They continue daily with one accord. Now, one accord means what? Unity. They were united. They had singleness of purpose. Singleness of mind. And they were together. 
it continues. And breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness. And what is the last line there? Read it with me. And what? And singleness of heart. Which means what? Togetherness and unity. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the early church was a united church. They were together. Their attitude was Is it correct? There is no difference. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know. The song just dropped in my spirit. Yes. Powerful song. Okay, not my spirit, in my head. Songs are very powerful. Powerful. Hey, the rest of the lyrics are trying to take over my mind. But I will not allow it in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say, Pastor, be loose. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Amen. The early church was a united church. They were together. They had singleness of mind and purpose. Then, the, the early church was a blessed church because the members patronized the church meetings. Listen, I'm showing you why I believe that the early church was a blessed church. And one of the reasons was that the members were actively involved and participated in the church meetings. Look at verse 46. Go back to the New Living Translation. Oh, new, new Living Translation. It says they worship together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They worship together. They patronize the meetings in the church. They patronize the meetings in the homes. They went for assembly meetings. They were present in all church gatherings. So they took part in all these activities. And in a blessed church, the members patronize in the church meetings. The next reason why it was a blessed church is because there was great joy in the church. There was great joy in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 46. Again, they worship together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's supper. And shared their meals with a dear bang. With great joy. With great joy. With great joy and generosity. Hallelujah. So there was a lot of joy in the church. It's one of the signs of a blessed church. When you come to church. You must experience joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It should not be that you come to church. And when you are going. 
You are not happy. You are disturbed. Even when you come to church and we preach a hard message, when you are going, there should still be joy in your heart. Knowing that the hard message is for your good and bring you to a place of blessing. And so you rejoice. And in a blessed church, there is a lot of joy. There is a lot of happiness. That's why somebody like David could say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There must be joy in the house of the Lord. That is the sign that it is a blessed church. Hallelujah. Amen. Number seven, the seventh reason why the early church was a blessed church is because the church had favor in the community. The church had favor in the community. Look at verse 47. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Goodwill means favor. And the Bible is saying that the early church enjoyed favor with all the people. Which people are these? The people in the community where the church was operating. So when a church is blessed, it finds favor in the community that it is operating. And the people who live in the community, they come to the church. And they are happy that the church is around. It is a sign of a blessed church. Because if a church is operating somewhere. And the people are angry with the church. It means that something is not well. And it's a sign that the church is not a blessed church. If it is a blessed church. It will have favor with the people in the community. And then finally. A blessed church is a church that is a growing church. And the early church was a blessed church because it was a growing church. Verse 47 again. The last part of it. It says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Which means that that church was a growing church. A church that multiplied. It's one of the signs of a blessed church. So all these things point to the early church being a blessed church. And it's my prayer that this church the shepherd's fold restoration family will have all these signs of a blessed church the presence of God will always be with us the power of God will always be with us there will be love and brotherly kindness in the church we will be united in everything that we do members will patronize church meetings there will be great joy in the church I don't like the loudness of your amen it's not loud enough there will be great joy in the church amen the church will have favor in the community. Amen. 
and the church will be a growing church. Amen. Already we are seeing signs of all these things in this church. Amen. And we are going to see those signs even more. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May this church be blessed. Amen. And may all other churches be blessed. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why must this church be the only church that is blessed? Why? There's a film I watched. I think it's head of state or something. Where a black man became the president of America. When they were producing that film, they didn't realize it was a prophetic film. <laughs> because not long after, Barack Obama became the president of the United States of America. And this was something that nobody ever imagined will ever happen. So there was this black guy who was competing with a white guy for the presidency. Now, this white guy, after every speech that he gives, he will make this statement that God bless America and nowhere else. God bless America and nowhere else. One day, this black guy who was standing for the presidency, he also gave a speech. And he said, you this guy who is always giving the spe- giving speeches and ending with that statement. He said, that thing that you've been saying, I reject it. He said, God bless America and bless everywhere else. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want this church to be blessed. And because I am a Christian, I want all other churches to be blessed as Can I hear your loud amen? Amen. So these are the signs of a blessed church. Now, really, it is the grace of God that causes a church to be blessed. That's what I've realized. And that's what I believe. That when a church is doing well, it is by the grace of God. You see, there are books on church growth that you can read. And they are very good books on church growth. There are church growth principles that you can apply to your church. There are conferences you can go for. Seminars you can participate in. Where you learn a lot of useful things about how to grow your church. How to enlarge your church. We thank God for all those revelations. But may I remind you that a man cannot receive anything except it be given him by the Lord. You may apply all the principles of church growth in your church. But if God hasn't given you a certain sign, there is nothing that you do that will cause that church to come into existence. It is the grace of God. And don't let us ever forget that God is sovereign. And he decides on a lot of things according to the sovereignty of his will. That is why Rachel was pregnant with Rebecca. Rebecca, Rebecca. Was pregnant. Rebecca was the wife of who? Isaac and Yesa. Okay. She was pregnant with twins. 
Jacob and Esau. And before they were born, Rebecca noticed that there was a civil war going on in her stomach. It's like the two children were always fighting. And there was always this rambling going on inside her. And she was disturbed. So she went to find out that was the cause of it. And she was given a prophetic word that there are two nations in your stomach. And the two nations, no? One of them is going to be greater than the other. Now, the first child that you would have will be called Esau. The second one, Jacob. But the second one will be greater than the first. And it was like before they were born, God had already chosen the one that he was going to bless. Even before they had born, they had, they had been born, and even before they had done right or wrong, God had already chosen the one that you like. That's sovereignty. You also have that power. Yes. Don't you have a lot of clothes in your wardrobe? Why, why did you wear the one that you are wearing? Today? I know that you have some nice boots. Yeah, your, your fashion sense is very good. Yeah. And, and he has prophetic He has prophetic words. He has, he has white shoes. He also has black shoes. Brown shoes. Does he have green shoes? So he has a prof- he has prophetic words. <laughs> Today, why did you wear this one? You just felt like wearing it. And so you wear it. Were there not other ones you could have worn? But you didn't mind any of them. You chose this nice white one, laced with red. <laughs> And then what? Uh, okay, so it's white that has a touch of red. Hey! With a red handkerchief to go along with it. Charlie, it is too prophetic. He chose that this is the one I'm going to wear. And he wore it. And I was And your green prophetic wear cannot come complaining to you. Uh, uh, you didn't wear me today. Uh, you are biased. You didn't wear me today. It cannot. It dare not. Because you have the power to choose what you choose. May I make everybody understand that for you to have anything in this life and for you to do well in this life it is by the grace of God. I said it is by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God. It is not by your strength, your might, your beauty, how strong you are. You, you think that you are alive because you go for jogging every, every from Monday to Friday. You go for jogging, is that not so? On a platform that I am on, there are people who like to post on it like the walks that they have taken that morning and how many kilometers they've covered. 
or so, I walked eight kilometers this morning. It took me two hours to walk. And I went to post it. We give them fans. But my friend, <laughs> you are alive and you are well. Not because you go for walks. Every morning you are going. Or you go for jogging. And you are sweating. Exercise is good. I go for walks sometimes. And Pastor James goes for jogging. So for the because we have to exercise do you see but look if you are strong if you are well and you are healthy it is by the grace of God and I'm saying to you that when a church is blessed it is by the grace of God thank God for all the principles of church growth I believe in them I apply them. I practice them. But I constantly remind myself. So let that be very clear to all of you. And pray that every time you find favor before the Lord. May you always find favor in the sight Amen. of God. And may God deal kindly with you. Amen. I receive it. And may God choose you for special treatment. Amen. I receive it. May God choose you and favor you highly. Amen. I receive it's your it. Amen. It's resounding. Your blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, apart from the grace of God that was upon the early church, there is something that is very striking. And not worthy of the early church. And it is a certain quality that is necessary for a church to do well. What is that quality? It is the quality of commitment. Commitment because you will notice about the early church that the leadership of the church and the members of the church they were very very committed how do you know Papa Osofo how do you know Osofo how do you know D who came up with these short short things I mean, somebody called me or saw recently. I laughed. Hey, I'm not asking you to call me that. Um, my name is not Oso. And now Odi. Now, how do you know that the church, the early church, had committed members. Let me take you all the way back to verse 42. And this time I want to read it from the message. There's a Bible version called the message. Will you be kind enough to read this verse with me? Ready? Go. They committed themselves to the teaching 
of the apostles, mm -hmm. the life together, mm -hmm. the common meal, mm -hmm. and the praise. What is the first phrase that you read there? They committed themselves. Say it again. They committed themselves. Say it again. They committed themselves. Say it like you believe it. They committed themselves. Which translates into they were committed. They were committed. The leaders of the church were committed. You don't read it in the verses we read. But you read other chapters of the Acts of the Apostles. You can see the commitment of the apostles in the leadership of the church. So committed were they to the charge that they had been given. That try though the, the 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 elders and the the Pharisees and and the leaders of the Sanhedrin they tried very hard to stop them from preaching, but they said that you, you can't stop us. No one who farmer crack could do say important a year is that for California Pharisee for Sanhedrin for crap person Muslim they were prepared to be imprisoned for what they believed in. Now on Poma Crado so and you scrutinize things carefully you discover that missing somewhere is a certain commitment 
Which is why sometimes businesses don't work. Which is why sometimes finances don't work. Which is why sometimes churches don't work. Which is why nations don't work. Because there is a lack of commitment to what you have set out. And when you see a blessed church, one of the cardinal signs that you will see with that church is that there is a lot of commitment. There is a lot of commitment. The word committed is translated from the Greek word proskaterio. It is a Greek word. And the spelling is P as in potato. R as in rice. Rice. O as in orphan. S as in samtum. K as in coliko. A as in atomo. R as in rice. And then T E R E O. Proskaterio. 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 Everybody say proskaterio. Uh, don't go and give that name to your son. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad name. And that's what's the meaning of the what's the name of your child? I've decided to call my son Proskaterio Nanayao Insia or Edu. Proskaterio Nanayao Insia. What does Proskaterio mean? Committed. Alright? So you've learned one Greek word today. What is the word that you've learned today? Proskaterio. So when you go and they ask you that, what did you learn in church today? Tell them I learned about proskaterio. And then people will be looking at you and say, Church, I'll let you tell me why. Oh, name's Oremramu. Now, that word, proskaterio, which means committed, means a number of things. And I'm closing with this. We'll continue. It means to be devoted or dedicated. So devoted or dedicated to a person or to something. It means to be steadfastly attentive to something. So you, you're paying a lot of attention. And the attention is fixed. It is steadfast. It is unwavering. That is what it means to be committed. Proskaterio also means to give constant or continuous care to something. Always, constantly, and continuously. So, for example, if you are committed to church meetings, you come to church constantly and you come every time. Sunday after Sunday. That's what proskaterio means. Proskaterio means to give constant or continuous care to something. It means to continue all the time in a place. It also means to persevere and not to faint. So these are strong words describing what it means to be committed. And ladies and gentlemen, 
in the early church that we read about which was a blessed church the leaders of the church and the members of the church were very committed committed to God committed to the people of God committed to the word of God committed to the church of God so they were committed. And the commitment contributed to the blessed church. And the blessed church gave rise to blessed members. So look at the correlation. Committed members give rise to a blessed church. And a blessed church results in blessed members. Do you know that when a church is blessed, Ultimately, the members of the church will also be It is your destiny that I've just spelled out to you right Amen. now. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's the commitment. It leads to a blessed church. And the blessed church leads to blessed members. So when you see that the members in the church are not blessed and are not doing well, it means that the church is not blessed. And if the church is not blessed, one of the things that you can point to as contributing to that problem is that the leaders and the members are not committed. But once the commitment is there, by the grace of God, the church will be blessed. And when the church is blessed, the members of the church will be blessed. You will be blessed in the name of Jesus. You will do well in the name of Jesus. You will flourish in the name of Amen. Jesus. You will succeed in the name Amen. of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Talking about commitment. I'm not talking about involvement. I'm talking about commitment. Because there are two types of members that you find in every church. Those who are involved. When you are involved, it's like you are around. You come. As and when. You give, you add to the numbers. We see you around. We recognize that you are a But that's all there is to it. But there are those also who are very committed. They are devoted. Dedicated. They are constant. They are steadfast. They are faithful in everything that they are doing. And for you to understand the difference, the difference between involvement and commitment, somebody described it in a very beautiful way. If you take omelette, do you know omelette? You don't know omelette? No. Omelette is chibom. Do you know chibom? Uh, So you make omelets, you break the eggs, you beat them, and you can add vegetables, sliced tomatoes. Sliced tomatoes, sliced onions, green pepper. What else do you want to add? Spinach, then what else? Sardine. Spring onions. Young fast sardines on Sardine Now, Yamia Shrap, I can't call Koya Fantinia. 
Then you fry it. So that's an omelet. So that's an omelet. Then I want you to look at corned beef. Corned beef. It is called corned or corned beef. Yeah. The difference between involvement and commitment is the difference between an omelette and corned beef. Because in the omelette, the chicken is involved. It gives an egg. But in the corned beef, the cow is committed. He gives his life. That's the difference. So with the fried egg, the only thing that the chicken is contributing is an egg or two eggs or three eggs. Three eggs. Three eggs. Three eggs. Three eggs. Five. Five. <laughs> The chicken is just contributing the eggs. But once you see corned beef, you know that a cow has died. You can't just cut part of the cow and say that I'm going to prepare corned beef. Any corned beef that you see on the shelf, a cow has lost its life. That's the difference between involvement and commitment. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. You won't get up. (laughs) You want more? Next week by the grace of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for a wonderful time in your presence. And thank you for the word that we have received. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will go to work in our hearts, in our lives. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, lead us into a high level of commitment, a high level of devotion, a high level of dedication to you first and foremost, to Christ Jesus who gave his life for us, to the company of believers, to the church that you have placed us in and to the things connected to the kingdom of God. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, those physically present here, and those watching online, that your spirit will stir up a new spirit in all of us, in the name of Jesus. A spirit of strong commitment and dedication to you and to the things of God. I thank you, Father, for what you've done today in Jesus' mighty name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, the most important commitment you need to make in your life is to commit your life to Jesus and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to commit your heart to Jesus and to surrender your life to him. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. Wherever you are, I want you to lift up your right hand and I'm going to 
pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. And if you're watching and you want to commit your heart to Jesus, which is the wisest thing you can ever do in your life, then wherever you are, you can lift up your hand. And let everybody pray this prayer Say, Heavenly Father, today, I come to you just as I am. I realize that I'm a sinner. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with your precious blood. From today, I commit my life to Jesus. He will be my Lord and he will be my Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.